When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Dave here, and I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And we're doing another cinema. That's where we walk to the movies, and then we watch a movie, and then we walk home from the movies. Yes. And while talking about the movie. And today we're walking so, to so Mission Impossible. Colon. So Fallout. Yeah. Because you, you have to have a colon. Just call it Rogue Nation. Oh, they're all rogues. I hope Mission in Impossible this... Rogue Nation 2. That's what they should call it. Have you seen a trailer for this? No, I've been deliberately avoiding all trailers for this because this is the most excited I am for any movie this year. Same. I saw like the start of a trailer and I looked away. Even though I was like, I get it, it's Ethan Hunt doing awesome stunts, but I just thought I don't want to ruin any of it for myself. Exactly. Trailers these days show you all the best bits, usually. And I don't want to know the plot. I don't care. I want like I want to see it fresh. Same. And I I don't don't want to to know. I, I, well, I know that Henry Cavill's mustache is in this movie. Yes, we do know that. Um, and I like. I don't want to know. Is he the? Vi- I don't even know. Is he the villain? Is he the? Uh, is he on the team? I is don't know. He just there for lols. He's just there because he's Superman. And then I know Rebecca Ferguson is coming back, and I'm a humongous fan of hers in the last movie. So she's doing very well for herself this year. So she was in, or well, last year, The Greatest Showman, which ends up ended up being one of the most successful cinematic releases ever for a musical and now she's in this so that's a pretty good box office year she's for her. brilliant I love yeah, it yeah she's so cool but yeah we're going to see it we're running a bit late so we don't have much time to talk but yes, we are I, huge Mission Impossible fans on this podcast so much so that I um, I rewatched all five of these movies in the last couple of weeks uh, some of you were following along on, on Twitter while I assaulted you with my with my nonsense thoughts um, and I also um, went on a, another podcast a really good podcast called Torn Stubs uh, to chat with the hosts Robert and Joshua about all five Mission Impossible movies so that's live now I'd recommend going have a going to have a listen to that it's a we had a really good chat and we really dug uh, dug into those because this deep. is because this is a really good franchise Amazing. it's so reliable yeah. even number two which <laughs> is clearly the worst one is has Merit because I need it's to so rewatch stupid, number two because I don't remember. I just remember like kind of the big scenes from it, but I don't remember the movie. Um, I mean, we, we won't get into it now. We won't get um, into it. Go listen to the torn go stubs listen. on that. And we're super excited, but we're running very late. Yes, yeah. so we're going to head in now. Um, and see you very, very, very. And very your mission, soon. should you choose I don't to accept know it? Why I'm whispering? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is before you've even listened to the rest of this episode, log onto your iTunes account. Leave us a five star review. All right? And now yeah. this message will self destruct in please don't be three, mean. two, one. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> How long have you been planning that? <laughs> Actually, it just came to me. That's so lame. He's not just some observer, he's an assassin. I don't trust anybody outside of this room. You go rogue, he's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. That's the job. No hard feelings. Which way, Betty? Turn left! Go, 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 go! What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! Oh, sorry. Good luck. (laughs) 
Right, we've just seen Mission Impossible Fallout. We're walking to the train. Um, Kathy, what do you think? Okay, I no think. No spoilers yet. No spoilers. As always. Um, so, like, since we started this podcast, which is over two years ago now, that movie is the most one I've had in the cinema. Yeah. In years, yeah. I mean, I in just in terms of pure enjoyment and spectacle. I loved every single second. Like, I was so happy in it. And I actually, I always feel like that when I'm at a Mission Impossible movie. And I've seen all of them in the cinema except for the first one. And I just really wish that we went to 3D IMAX. We didn't. We just went to a regular 2D screening because that was the time that suited us. And it's still a really good cinema. Like It's one of those big screens in view. But I just kept thinking, oh, I wish I was watching this in 3D. It would have been even better. But honestly, I loved it and it's just so relentless the movie like over and over and over <laughs> to the point where like at one point the whole audience is in complete silence which is hard to do in a packed cinema on a Friday night which this is like complete silence and then people kept laughing like nervously because things were getting more and more <laughs> <Yeah>. tense <laughs> and I just I just love Tom Cruise in these movies and I love his team of like Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg and Alec Baldwin so lots of returning people now in this movie and then I thought Henry Cavill was awesome and I think Rebecca Ferguson is just absolute perfect casting so I enjoyed the entire lot of it she's great oh, this is basically I mean, it's a basically it's very it's as closely tied to a previous Mission Impossible movie as any of the other ones yeah. have been. like this is a direct sequel but it doesn't matter Rogue Nation because as much as I loved Rogue Nation I don't remember it and it didn't matter at all I mean, for this movie. That's classic you. You don't remember a well, movie yeah. a day after you've seen it. Yeah, but it was Tomorrow like, you'll be like, what, what was four? <laughs> but about? it was like three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, like, it's not a movie that I would, like, that would spring to mind. We in watched terms it of, last week. You watched half of it. Well, I watched, like, about half an hour of it when you were watching it. But in terms of the overall plot, I just thought it didn't matter. Like, anyone could go and watch this movie, albeit it was enriched if you've seen the movie before. But what I love is it's drawing on all the old movies with the other characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just thought, and Angela Bassett's in it, which is awesome. So yeah, I just, I just enjoyed every single second of it, and I'm so happy we went to see it. And it's a long movie, but it's actually worth its length. Like it really keeps the pace going. There's not even a second in this movie that lags, I thought. And there's so much humor in it, which you've watched the obviously the other movies more recently than I have, which we mentioned in the intro. But I don't remember them being. I remember them being funny, but I don't remember them being as funny as this one. Okay, well, quick note on that. It's um, I still think the fourth one is the funniest and the most uh, sort of joyous. And there's a... Uh, so the fourth you know, one being when he goes up the Burj Khalifa, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. The most Which we fun. saw in IMAX and it was the best IMAX experience ever. That one's the most playful. That one has the most um, invention as well, actually, in terms of the gadgets and all that. Yeah, this uh, one I, was I, lacking, the gadgets. Totally lacking. Yeah. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead because I haven't even said my, my basic thoughts yet. Um... But that was one down point I thought of this. There wasn't any of the like that the crazy gadgets that you get like in the Kremlin and Ghost Protocol when they got the screen which reverses things and the sticky gloves. There was none of that. It was just very um ugh, I hate to use the word grounded, but it's it's that it's it that was kind grounded of thing. though. But it felt it was. entirely realistic every single second. But like I loved this movie as well. And you said you said it right, spectacle. This is just like it's the closest we've gotten to 
old school 80s action movie in decades yeah. I think this this series like I mean Tom- I, you know I just saw Rampage which you didn't which as I said on my review was amazing Skyscraper <laughs> oh my god <laughs> when are you going to stop confusing okay. these two very different rock yeah, movies I know they're very different they're so, so I, different I just watched Skyscraper and the 3D was awesome and the action was awesome but they were just like set pieces of action and they were just for what they were they were fun and silly but this is a completely different league okay, Skyscraper like, I have unbelievable s- like how Every single scene in this movie is incredibly choreographed, incredibly tense, incredibly action-packed. And, like, you just... Like, I just love that Tom Cruise... You know, obviously, he's a very athletic fit man. But he's in his 50s. He's of, like, regular height. He... I'm sure if you passed him on the street, you know, he's not a Ving Rhames or a Henry Cavill. Like, he's just a normal-looking guy. Like, what he does. And the fact that he does his own stunts. He's not a Ving Rhames or a Henry Cavill. But you know what I mean? Like, he's not, like, a notably buff-looking guy. And, like, the fact that Tom Cruise does this stuff just adds so much to the movie for me. And I know it shouldn't. And if, ordinarily, if I read about something like that, I would say, oh, that's such a gimmick. But every scene I'm turning to Dave going, did he do this one? Did he do this one? Did he do this one? It adds so much to it. When you know he was hanging on the side of a helicopter. When you know he was... uh, like he's in his 50s like this is not like a young stuntman like subbing in for Tom Cruise like this is Tom Cruise doing this stuff and it blows my mind okay quick quick, quick couple of points first of all on the action uh, but did you like it you haven't even said yeah I said I loved it all right, okay. I loved it it was a brilliant it's a brilliant brilliant action movie um, Chris, Christopher Macquarie is just a genius at putting together an action scene so well directed you know where everyone is you know what's happening it's clear um, there, this, the, the camera knows when to pull out you get some beautiful like vistas just the editing of this is action scenes upon action scenes cutting together it's just an absolute um, like masterclass in how to create spe- suspense tension uh, thrilling action scenes you, the, and, and they take enough time before each scene to set up the stakes and also set up exactly where everything is and what we need to do it's so easy for an audience to understand even the car chases like I cannot follow most car chases in movies and I can follow everything that's happening in in this movie and the last movie because he did that one too right Christopher Quarry yeah yeah like this whole sequence is with motorbikes cars things that in another movie I can tune out of for five minutes because I'm just like and like a, a bigger example of that for me is like the Avengers movies where I cannot follow what's happening because okay. there's too many characters and they're just not as interesting as this whereas this is just like you said they just set the scene so well and you can get everything that's happening but also there's there's a sense of um, reality to it all because they film on location mm-hmm. you're like you recognise I was like um, no spoilers but London features I recognise loads of my, of the my commute they're in Paris which is heavily um, publicised that's actually Paris the Arc de Triomphe is there it's all recognisable yeah. they, they went there they did these things Tom Cruise did these things and it looks and real so much to be said for that because I haven't okay I, I, I haven't seen Skyscraper but I, I, the rock th- that building wasn't real that's no. an invented building first yeah. of all so but that was rocks, a plot device it's like the eighth wonder of the world yes but yes but when you create a CG building that doesn't exist and then the rock's interacting with it you've already lost some um, realm of reality for yeah. instance but you also mentioned the Marvel movies and I'm a, you know I'm a big fan of those but you don't get you know it's the action screen. movies it's just green screen yeah. and you see behind the scenes stuff and it's all the cast standing around 
uh, some the only thing that's real is some plastic rocks and rubble and everything else is green behind them and this is and like Tom Cruise I'm pretty sure actually on a motorbike driving the wrong way around the roundabout at the Arctic Trio well the thing is the, the, it's enough of a magic trick that they can sell the illusion because Tom Cruise does enough of his own stunts mm-hmm. that we can't tell the difference between what he is doing and what he isn't yeah. doing. And we and know he drives a motorbike, like, and he does all a lot in a lot of the movies. Has done a lot of the motorbike stuff. So even if he's not doing it in this one, we just assume you buy he is. it. You yeah. buy it. But also the CG, like, don't let's not fool ourselves either. There's CG in this movie. Yeah. But it's hard to... I couldn't spot it. I fa- maybe once or twice, I kind of I thought... I spotted it once. Maybe. Which I'll get to in but that's, the, that's the best use of CG. And yeah. that's... And even if you go back to Mission Impossible 3 uh, and the bridge scene that J.J. Abrams did, that's, there's a great behind-the-scenes um, th- uh, thing on YouTube of how he did that. And that bridge was in a desert there is no water the water is all CG but nobody's looking at that it's all background and yeah. that's how you sell the magic trick because he built a bridge yeah. in a desert there's enough room and Christopher McQuarrie understands that and I believe everything has happened in this movie now so I think we've gushed enough about it I think everyone should go see this um, because this is action at its best it's thrilling it's fun it's energetic um. and it's like it's a smart movie like it's not speaking down to its audience and there's loads of, like at one point there's three pivotal plots happening at the same time like in real time and they're all so suspenseful and I just really enjoyed that like they're not there's enough going on um, and like ultimately at the end of the day we got a really long shot of Tom Cruise running which is the absolute best <laughs> thing about any Mission <laughs> yeah. Impossible movie and it really there was a scene that harks back to Mission Impossible 2 the kind of Iconic image from Mission Impossible. There was a lot of hardbacks, and, yeah. and I think that's a, a good uh, transition to Spoiler Street. Uh, so we're turning into actually we're turning into um, spoiler the train, train station, station here. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, full of spoilers. Beware! It's Spoiler Station. Let's hope no one on our train hasn't seen Mission we're, Impossible. We're crossing spoiler, yes. spoiler the spoiler bridge <laughs> to um, get right, on so our spoilers spoiler train. for Fallout now. I don't um, know where to start. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> first of all, I think I wish I, we had notes and could go scene by scene every. Is that our train? No, I say this every time. Okay. Um, I I think I'd like to start with the things I didn't like first because I've kind of gushed enough. Ooh, negative Nancy. No, but there's you know you gotta po- you gotta point out the stuff that didn't work. Okay. Uh, and there was there was some stuff in there, and it Not none of none of it was enough to detract from the experience. But it's just when you're so close to like this perfect experience, it's like slightly disappointing when you're like, oh really, you're doing that. Uh, so first of all, from the off. The mission, uh, or the the MacGuffin, kind of Should you choose to disappointed it? me. Uh, nuclear warheads again. Uh, I can't remember. Is that in one of the other movies? Yeah, it's in every. Not only is it in some of the other movies, it's in the fourth one. Um, at least, I mean, the second one is a bio weapon, but it's it's always well, it's end always of the world. Yeah, of course. I wish. No, it wasn't end of the world. It was end of. Um, oh, some of the world, a new world to scare whatever. the rest of the world into Fine. action but I'm sick of which is in every movie I'm ever. sick of um, and we talked about this on Torn Stubs in our retrospective I'm sick of the villains who these villains with ideologies and they want they want a new world they've done that every every episode every ep- one of these for, for like since number three now I think and I'm, I'm just I'm just sick of it um, I also kind of I'm listening. So, I'm so just I going train tickets at the same time. I wish they hadn't. Uh, I wish they. Oh God, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I wish there was Spoiler a. Bit, stairs are tough. I, I wish they just lowered the stakes a bit. Do you know what I mean? No, like nuclear I I bombs, liked, end of the world. 
I like, like the stakes being um, no. I like the stakes being high because it's an enemy from a previous movie. Didn't like that either. Ha- I liked it because I thought he was a really good villain. And they oh wait, I'm buying returns and we only need singles. Um, this sorry. is podcast gold. <laughs> um, I liked that it was the returning baddie and that the stakes were higher. And I actually, do you know what? I didn't no, mind it. The stakes are high. The stakes aren't higher. As soon you can't say when there's oh no, a nuclear bomb's going to go off. The stakes are high. The okay, only, can the I just only point out, there's only 60p bit. difference between a single and a return. That the only no interesting sense. bit... Nobody cares about that. <laughs> the only interesting bit um, with the nuclear bombs was when, they, they just before the credits, when they cut to the, um, the fake-out uh, with the news, CNN, the three bombs had gone off, three, three nuclear bombs, and they, they had failed. And I thought, wow, this movie's ballsy. They're actually playing straight up on... Um, on Ethan's failure and I like I liked, that's probably the one clear theme you could pick out from this is that uh, it's that classic philosophical dilemma of do you save one one life uh, instead instead of millions I'm talking to myself now because Cathy's gonna hit it and you're back um, <laughs> well it's like utilitarianism right the utilitarianism, greatest, um, greatest benefit for the greatest number so fine that's, those which are Ethan does not believe it Ethan thinks it's better to save one life than a million which makes no sense uh, that's, but that, that's what makes you the best and that's why I joined the IMF and that's why you're the greatest goddamn spy the world's ever seen. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted Alec Baldwin to do like a similar monologue, which you probably don't remember because you don't remember movies that you've already seen. But in Rogue Nation, he does this amazing monologue, which I'll put at the end of this um, at the end of this uh, episode, where he basically says, "My God, Ethan Hunt is a ghost. He's the best goddamn agent you'll ever see. He could be in this very room. He could be anybody. He, he could probably be me. predicted this exact conversation." And then does he, he rip his face off and he's eating? Manifestation of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but you um, honestly, I didn't see. I didn't see the. I mean, I love the mask stuff. And there's a f- brilliant line in this where someone trash talks CIA trash talks them and says it was just a bunch of Halloween. silly boys wearing hand, hand, Halloween masks. That was fun. And then okay, right at the start, though, someone was wearing a Halloween mask that I didn't expect. Like I thought they had the actual newsreader involved in the scam. Oh, I wasn't expecting it to coming? be. No, I really enjoyed that. No, come Any on. Any mask. Second, every time there's a mask, I'm in complete this shock. This is my point. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that fake out, and it's a nice. Call back to Mission Impossible 1 because that's how the whole series starts with yeah. a fake room and Ethan wearing a mask and they get and they get a whatever blah 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 so I, I like that but I wish they'd had the balls to go through with Ethan made a mistake and there was huge consequences like but you three, said a minute ago you think the consequences are too big and in this instance the consequences would be that Ethan contributed no, to a third of the planet being wiped no out. I said the stakes can't go any high the stakes aren't high because they've already been this high so that and the end of the world is not high stakes emotional stakes are better Shh, such as such station. as his wife so the, the, the time the, the stakes were highest in this franchise were Mission Impossible 3 when we thought his wife had actually been killed or no, his wife was about to be no the time the stakes were highest when they set up that Ethan has only ever loved two women and they're both within a hair's breadth yeah, of dying at yeah, the end of this movie and he will do weren't. anything to save them okay my problem the difference is this, this, that the stakes the stakes being high is one thing and nuclear bomb about to throw off the world is not high for me it's been done to death doesn't interest me but consequence is a different thing nuclear bombs going off and Ethan in the fallout of that see what I did there and that's what the movie should have been about Ethan in the fallout of that dealing with the consequences of his actions and his own failures is a more interesting movie so I wish I'd seen that movie okay but I think you are being a little bit harsh because okay fine the ultimate like big bad in this movie is nuclear bombs right but actually what the movie did and what the director did is that there were two motivations in this movie for me 
catching Henry Cavill, which was the best thing ever, and saving the two love interests, which was the best thing ever. And actually, they ended up being Ethan's immediate motivation. Like, Ethan isn't scaling the sides of cliffs, jumping on helicopters, um, you know, wrestling someone down a mountain, chasing heli- one helicopter to the next. Like, Ethan wasn't doing that stuff to save the world. Ethan was doing that stuff to save those two women and to catch Henry Cavill. And I think that was really well established and I really felt it. Like, I thought, this I man didn't. will do anything to protect those two women. I just felt like that was Ethan doing just doing his mission, as he always does. And I'm not... And I know I'm, I'm sounding very negative. I cannot stress enough. I thought this was thrilling and yeah. brilliant and I loved it. And I mean, the I whole, point. whole end scene was just superb. But... I, I don't really I didn't feel at any point while he's riding his helicopter like he's thinking about his wife actually dying because he wasn't whereas in Mission Impossible 3 he's sitting across from his wife and Philip Seymour Hoffman is counting down from 10 with a gun to her head and he's begging for her life and never has he been better as an actor in this series and never have the emotional stakes been higher and that's more interesting and that's way more interesting than oh no, we've got to get a detonator and the world's going to end. Okay, Getting the detonator is thrilling because it's a fun but action Speaking thing. to someone who doesn't remember Mission Impossible 3, albeit I really enjoyed it at the time, I felt that with this because she, not only did was he shown a photo of her to someone indicating they knew where she was, we then met her. That bit was the closest this movie amazing. came to But then we met her, that. so he physically saw her and at the same time Rebecca Ferguson is physically there and Ving Rhames is explaining you two are the only women that he's ever cared about. So to me, you can't tell me that I didn't feel really invested in that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not telling you what you felt. Yeah. I'm not mansplaining your feelings, honey. <laughs> I'm telling you what I think the movie could okay, have done but better. but we should get past that because, because you made your point and yeah, fine. we need to talk about the right we need to talk about the action scenes. Okay, the they France were, stuff. I mean, they were phenomenal. The France stuff was brilliant, and it was kind of just just when you think you're done, there's another, yeah. there's another car chase. It just okay, never ended. sorry, I know we're, we're okay. We're we need to go right back to the so toilet fast. scene. No, no, no. Something in the France bit which I loved and which we haven't seen before, and which was such a lovely stroke of genius. They've got him. They've got Lane. They've got him in the car. We did it. Open the doors, and it's such an innocuous thing. They like they, they've got him in the car. Open the door. Oh there's a police woman just standing there and they have blamed with the so, bag over his head so incidental but like they played she's just a beat cop on the wrong side of town but they played it for a comedy beat but it's actually that's a stark reminder that they're just operating in a city and that anything can go wrong at any at any time well and, and there's and innocent bystanders and, and I like and at I one really point when that. they say part of the plan um, the people Ethan's pretending to work with they say part of the plan is killing it, killing innocent cops and I just thought I can't wait for Ethan to fuck with this plan because he will never ever kill an innocent cop but we need to go further back no no but sorry on that point that's that's the only theme this film has and I think it does it quite well is Ethan's morality and his unwillingness to sacrifice one life to save many yeah. and he faces that with that French police officer he faces it when he's imagining the scenario of having to gun down a load of cops in that sort of little flash of him yeah like he won't do ahead. it like that's not his MO and, I, and so I enjoy that's not his that. MO and I think the, the stop I think the, I think the movie did that really well but can we please go back to the first amazing action scene where Tom Cruise oh first of all you know Tom Cruise actually jumped out of the plane as well that him and Henry Cavill were doing he did jump out of a plane for that scene as well when they jump out of the plane over France from 27,000 yeah. <laughs> well I don't know if yeah, it was from no, that high not. but he did actually jump out of a plane to film that what? yeah and then um, him and Henry Cavill trying to track the guy in the toilet oh amazing. so good that's what I want to talk about that's and this was I nearly forgot about the scene because so much happened afterwards with that guy he's obviously some sort of martial arts superstar like he was incredible he, he was, was kicking brilliant. the crap out of um, 
Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill and it was so enjoyable watching them just getting which is one of the things we both always love about the Mission Impossible movies is that Tom Cruise is fallible now obviously he ultimately wins the day but he can get properly beaten up I think he was a bit more beaten up in the last movie than he is he in was, this one like, he was outmatched him yeah. and Henry Cavill together yeah. were not as good as that guy no and it was and incredible it was so good um that, I think that's the best hand-to-hand fight scene in all of these movies. Oh, it's it was the incredible. best one I've seen in quite a while. It was like wincing and like everyone was going, ooh, ah, ah, but like, It was such a perfect scene from the whole, from the second they enter the toilet and you've got the, they're trying to find which guy it is with their little tiny yeah. tracker thing. I, I liked actually that some of the, I know I was saying that the, the gadgets were a little bit disappointing, but they were quite lo-fi, which is quite... And it was believable because you would think, oh, two guys in the toilet could be on their phone. And then he realises what they're up to and he just, the whole thing kicks off. And then Rebecca Ferguson shows up and I was waiting for her to show up. The whole, the whole, the whole way that that thing was storyboarded from the beginning to the end, the way the the plan keeps changing because the the computer got smashed and the the mask was coming out wrong. And then the guy just wakes up. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was like, and then the fight starts again. And then all the French it's people so are like good. goading them outside the door and laughing at them and singing. But yeah. that's that's why it's so good, and that's why this movie's so good. Is that it feels like it's happening in amongst people and yeah. civilians play play a part. It's rooted quite in like in the world. Now there was a, an interesting thing the movie did that I don't know if I'm that into, albeit I'm not against it. Is that they didn't use the score as much as I enjoy, like the actual Mission oh, it, Impossible nah, score. It was there, quite like a it was lot. there, and it was. It was dropped throughout, but it wasn't... You know, some of the other movies really go to town on it, and they didn't go to town on it, which I, I do enjoy when they do that. Um, I just... There's just... We need to talk about... I've never seen Henry Cavill as a baddie before, and I think he's a fantastic baddie. I yeah, also immediately knew from the first time he walked on screen that he was the baddie well, in the movie. because he had a moustache. Well, well, it looks better on him than when he just has a CG'd not moustache, <laughs> which is what we saw on the Justice League. Uh-huh. Um, but actually, we went, we were going to do... I don't think we ever said we were going to do a bonus review of um, the Justice League because loads of people asked us to do it and then we couldn't finish it <laughs> so we never did the review do you remember we have watched it Yeah. and all we watched was for every time we saw Henry Cavill to see whether his lip had been CGI'd or not because that was all that we that were that was the most in. interesting part yeah. of that movie but he's a fantastic baddie I thought he was all really right. I've, fun I've got mixed but I think feelings. it was too obvious that he was a baddie I think mixed feelings about Henry Cavill it's also right. like Henry Cavill's too big an actor to not be the baddie at this point first of all um, the mix the I, th- I was actually surprised that he was the baddie in the end because when Too he obvious. first came on I thought oh he's the baddie and then there was the moment where he hands Angela Bassett the phone pretty early on which we had seen was smashed and now wasn't trying to frame Ethan and I was like oh like now they want us now they want us to think he's the baddie but well, it that might very be a early on a clue though because I hadn't noticed the phone screen not being smashed well, that's because you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention. I just don't look at phone screens in movies. <laughs> it was pretty signposted. But the movie wants us to think it at that point, right? Very but the clearly. Movie, if the movie wants us to think it, it wants us to think that we're cleverer and we've solved it before Ethan. Like No, usually I, th- I thought they were setting us up for a double bluff. We think he's the baddie, but he's actually not the baddie. No, the double bluff was the best bit, which I guessed as well when Benji had the mask on of the other baddie. That was great. That was awesome. That was Anything that involves masks, that. I'm here for and I'm into. And I just want every scene to be someone ripping a mask off their face at all the time. Because I think it's the best one ever. I think um, Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote and directed this, knows how to play the, the, the tr- double, triple, quadruple agent thing very yeah. well. And he does it again. And Alec Baldwin was in on it. Which is really fun, right yeah. at the end. And then yeah, I love just that line from Alec Baldwin goes, oh, I see why you guys enjoyed this so much. And I thought that is really fun. Like, that is what you would say. And actually, I thought it was, I didn't, you know, I wasn't upset that he died or anything, but I did think it was a little bit sad because he's the one who believes in Ethan. 
Okay, slight niggly things. Some of the some of the dialogue in this was like had, there was some snap like outstanding lines in this, but some of it was like just always went a step too far. Like that bit where um, Alec Baldwin says, "I can see why you guys do this. It's so much fun." Stop there. Yeah, that's the punchline. But um, I don't remember the if next you're, line. If you're, if, if, yeah, there's three or four more lines because they went to each of the the characters and they said, "Glad you're okay, sir." And then Ethan Hunt said, "Welcome to the team, sir." Yeah, but if it's your boss and, and I, you're trying to indulge him a little bit, wouldn't no, you have a bit of banter with I him? I don't care. It's a movie. Be cooler than that. Stop at the punchline. That yeah, actually, I mean, there were quite a few lines where I thought, um, "No, this is this is a bit." The cheap worst line there. was when Ving Rhames was explaining to. Um, Oh, stop. Uh, the new love interest about the ex-wife. And he says, um, you know, he's explaining to her that Ethan and the wife ultimately had to break up because, you know, she, while Ethan was looking after her, she thought, but who's looking after the world? <laughs> like, do you know what? Ethan isn't like, as much as I love Ethan, like there's other people in the world. Now, no one will go to Ethan's lengths. Like, I think a typical agent will be more like Benji, right? They try their best and they, they're good in a team. But ultimately, like Benji would have died if Rebecca Ferguson wasn't there. Like, you know, Benji's a bit of a lame duck. Like, he's fine. He's a normal level agent. Ethan is, like, next level agent. And Henry Cavill is obviously Superman, so he doesn't count as any real barometer. So I think, like, yes, Ethan, Ethan Hunt's awesome, but I don't know that she would have been crying at home every night that the world didn't have Ethan looking after it because it was looking after her. It was a silly monologue, and Ving Rhames didn't sell it. I thought he sold it because at, no. right at the end of it, he said the only reason we're in this mess is because Ethan did this to save my life because they always established, like, from the first movie, which we watched last week, they always establish that, like, Tom Cruise will do anything for his team. And in this movie, Ving Rhames, like, I thought he did a really good job of actually tearing up at that moment, like, explaining to her, like, he felt, like, the burden of what was happening because Ethan had done it to save him. That line, if that line worked, the rest of it didn't. Oh, Again, if he'd, st- if he'd stopped there and been like, we wouldn't have been in this mess if Ethan had just let me die, great. Yeah. Then it's like, let me tell you a bit about Ethan. Yeah. Only two women in this world do. No, love. but I liked that because that no. set it up for me of uh, the emotional death. I just didn't need the line about her watching Ethan watching the world. Kind anyway, of look, I, we, we could sit here nitpicking, and I am I am nitpicking. But yeah. These are, again, these are the the little things that just kind of took me out of it. And I, I just but then, okay, no. we just need to talk about the the whole what felt like real time. Fifteen minutes, right? Once this this bomb goes off, they have fifteen minutes to dismantle it. So Benji and Rebecca Ferguson, I cannot remember what First her name of all, is. Sorry. Is her name Isla? Quick, is quick, quick side note. It was 45 minutes in real time. Oh, right, okay. no way that was 15. What's her minutes. name? Well, no, but each one Ilsa. of them got, got their minutes in real time. So it was 45. It was 3 by 15. <laughs> sure. So she's Ilsa. Ilsa and Benji are like trying to do one bomb while also fighting um, the main baddie. Then Ving Rhames and Michelle Monaghan are doing the other bomb. And then Tom Cruise is doing... He's got the, the action stuff of his career. He's flying a helicopter He's doing into the stuff a helicopter. Of his career in terms of this action, like next level, like it, and it's not in a camp, silly way like the Expendables do it. It's like an, a genuine way where you kind of think, yeah, he could do this. Well, it's good because he's always, um, ju- he's always just out of his depth. Yeah, like he gets into a helicopter and he just kind of, kind of knows how to fly it, yeah. but not really. And you can see he's kind of shitting it. Yeah, and but then, also before he even gets on the helicopter. He hangs off the base of the helicopter for 20 <laughs> know, minutes yeah. going up these mountains. No big deal. But I love, I, lo- I just love, this movie's so good at throwing obstacles in front of him. Yeah. Like the, the the fuel goes, then the fuel's on fire. That's, then he has to crash the thing. And he has thing. that moment where he's got this thing hanging off the helicopter that he'd previously um, jumped on and loved, but now he's hoisted by his own petard. And he he d- he thinks he's being amazing and he, he hovers over Henry Cavill and he goes, gotcha, and he drops it and misses, and then he's like, yes. prick, 
yeah. and then him and Henry Cavill looking and I just thought at that point when Henry Cavill turned and looked at uh, it's not this train Dave's pointing at the train it's not this train when Her- Henry Cavill looked over and saw Tom Cruise was in the next um, helicopter the, the normal thing in any movie at that point would have been for Henry Cavill to be like oh my god look at him he's made it here he's a worthy adversary or whatever but Henry Cavill just goes good dialogue Henry, but that's the kind of vibe you would normally get but Henry Cavill just looks over rolls his eyes grabs a machine gun and starts shooting <laughs> like yeah. he's just like oh god Ethan Hunt's here again but he's not a surprise like it's fully what he would expect from Ethan Hunt from his reputation I just really enjoyed like every single part of that scene I loved so much and then the tension was cut so perfectly going back to the two bombs and all that was happening, like even within Benji and Rebecca Ferguson, there's still a, like an incredible fight scene between her and her ex-boss. Like she's an amazing actress. If if she was even doing half of those stunts, she's physically incredible. And she's Benji's just like hanging off the rafters, and she's simultaneously trying to strangle someone while stop someone else from being strangled, which I thought was really cool. As far as I'm concerned, she's the new James Bond. She's incredible. She should be James she's better Bond. Better than actually. James Bond. She's so much better than Daniel Craig. She'd be amazing. And then you're cutting to Michelle Monaghan and Bing Rhames, of which I know you enjoyed less, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed their scenes together as well. Because I just like the way she just got stuck in and was helping. No, don't get me wrong. I like that, that stuff of I'm them. I'm glad they brought her back. Them conversing over the nuclear bomb. And I, I, I agree. The way they, they wove those three action scenes together was just sublime. Like any one and of them they, on their own was thrilling. So all three of them together, like I actually kept saying, I feel sick, I feel sick, I can't look at this. And then, so then Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill are like basically laying bumper cars into, into helicopters. That and then bi- they both go down the side of a cliff. Where they go down the side of a cliff. Was, oh, it's just sensational. It's pure mission impossible. But you feel like you're in there. You feel, I just kept, I just, because I'm really afraid of heights and I, been really sick watching it but at the same time I just thought I wish I was in IMAX because I remember when we went to see the Mission Impossible before in IMAX Ghost Protocol oh my god that was, was I mean that, that was one of the, the best and I was just so ill and then when we were in we actually went to Dubai once when we lived in Sydney because we like stopped over on the way to Ireland and um, we went up the Burj Khalifa and we only went like halfway up it and I was like oh my god Tom Cruise was at the top of this building <laughs> and I feel sick being in like the foyer of the middle the of the movie on the side of it yeah like it's just I mean but in terms of the height like how high that building was and like this movie like again I just really felt like now this is the bit where I thought it has to be CGI because there's a bit where him and Henry Cavill are basically wrestling on a cliff but then the next moment there's like this really sheer drop and you're like okay obviously they're not wrestling on that cliff but it's so well done that like they could be yeah but then when they pull out Tom Cruise is actually on that cliff yeah yeah he's definitely on the cliff like you know ever since Mission Impossible 2 he's been gunning to get back on a cliff yeah, yeah, he's been I feel like in every production meeting he was like yeah but where's the cliff yeah is there a cliff in this one um, and right, we I need to and we're we going to do a special episode where we review the first episode um, because we just want to hark back to the first one the first movie um, so we won't talk about the first movie but the difference in the stunts now compared to that first movie is I mean yeah, this the is budgets are bigger. absolute but it's not just the budgets it's the ambition like it's so ambitious with stunts like already and it's probably not even in pre-production I can't wait for the next movie Yeah. like this is the movie we've both been most looking forward to all year in terms of just well and I don't know about you in Avengers maybe you might have been more like no no no, no this, this, this was it this I'm is the cinema like, event it's if just I could such go to a reliable one movie, franchise if I could go to one movie every three years in the cinema it would be a Mission Impossible movie yeah like I'll be devastated but like to be fair like at this point it's a franchise running like 20 years with the same actor playing the same character, did Sean, Did years. anyone ever pay Bond as many times as he's paid Ethan Hunt? Uh, oh, some. I'm not, look, I don't. I'm not. Re- I don't Sean really Connery. care for Bond. But it doesn't matter. Every, all our listeners are, are listen, screaming the answer. Yeah, to okay. It. I feel sorry. like Roger Moore did six. I don't, I don't know. know. We're not. But on I mean, I'm not. Like, guys. I mean, I enjoy Bond. We're movie, sorry, but there's just we nothing like this. You know, this is just like you're really invested in the. Car- I'm really invested in the character of Ethan at this point. 
Like, I genuinely care about him. And I genuinely enjoy watching him. And I genuinely look forward to the next movie. Right, but our train's here, we so got- we should get on so we're not those weirdos podcasting on the train. Thanks for show. listening. Sorry we spoke so fast. We're just really excited. Yeah, we're um, so, yeah our Irish accents get really strong when we see in a Mission Impossible movie. You can... Uh, you can Tweet us, uh, Instagram us, Facebook us. Let us know what you thought. At the Cinemile. Uh, did you, do you agree with all my nitpicky points or am I just being, uh, being, am I just being silly? Um, um, and also, keep an eye and ear out because we will be reviewing Mission Impossible 1. What's the first one you called? Just said that. I know, I'm just saying, what's, what's the subtitle of the first one? The first one? one is called Mission Impossible 1. Okay, the first one's called Mission Impossible 1. And then, as we no. mentioned in the intro, ter- um, listen to the Torn Stubbs podcast because Dave has actually gone and rewatched all the movies with them. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, it, it's a long it's episode. Brilliant. Let us know what your, what's your favourite one. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't quite figured that out yet, but uh, it's probably because I don't remember any of the other ones. The strong That's what I'm just going to say. This is my favourite one. Tweet us, let us know uh, at the Cinemile, and please, if you haven't uh, already subscribed to us, please do keep listening. Uh, keep listening listen and leave us a five star review on iTunes, please. Do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 Love you. Sir, I urge you not to leave this room. Excuse me. Please. Hunt is uniquely trained and highly motivated. A specialist without equal, immune to any countermeasures. There is no secret he cannot extract, no security he cannot breach, no person he cannot become. He has most likely anticipated this very conversation and is waiting to strike in whatever direction we move. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. And he has made you his mission. As we deal with the challenges of hybrid working and talent wars in this new world of work, the Financial Times helps you understand what might be next. I'm Isabel Berwick, the host of the FT's Working It podcast. Each week, we discuss the ideas and trends shaping the future of work. The FT's broad coverage and unique insights can help you to make sense of it all. Check out our podcasts and read selected articles free at ft.com slash insights.